0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken
4: Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I was taking a sip of water, (laughs) so there was a half a beat of space, and that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I can do with that. I say leave it. Ken's Ken's finger was hovering over the cancel, redo button. But let's start with reality.
1: Let's start. I love reality here. Star Wars, and we're here to talk about, well, the reality of Count Dooku, <laughs> Dooku, Jedi Lost. It's our big review coming up today uh, of this audio, I keep saying audio story, uh, that's my term, I don't know if I'm right, but uh, I think they've been saying audiobook with full cast. Full cast audiobook. Full cast audiobook, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that more. Uh, we'll talk about that, and speaking of audiobooks, uh, today's pod- podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter.com Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we we'll have our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us, but we like to catch up. Joseph and I here uh, today. Uh, Jennifer, as as, uh, as many of you do know, is, is out uh, bringing a Padawan into the world, and we'll be back, and, and special guests will be joining us soon. Yeah. Um, but we'll never replace Jennifer's seat in the cockpit here <laughs> on our spaceship. Uh, we are uh, here talking about Star Wars and life adventures. It's been a busy time for both of us, I know. Yeah. Did you get some Battlefront in?
4: <laughs> I did get a little bit of Battlefront in. Uh, probably the good news is I, I took a couple of days off from Battlefront so I could get oh, other yeah. things done, which is important. Uh, I didn't have a ton of Star Wars adventures outside of Battlefront this week. Mm. The only thing that uh, was kind of fun for me as a Star Wars fan is I have a couple of the character cars, the Hot Wheels character cars, and I know yeah. you do too.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, and I have been attracted to the ones that I think are like just so absurd. So I've like <laughs> kind of liked them in a... like this is ridiculous way, but I did an uh, episode of my podcast obsessed uh, with Andy Ashcraft, who is a game designer. He is the husband of the great comedian, Jackie Kassian, which who mm. is how I met Andy. Uh, yeah. and he wanted to do an episode on hot wheels, character cars. Nice. And he brought over track to my house and set it up in my home. Oh, and brought wow. a bunch of the character cars. And, uh, Andy's, he's a great guy. who has got like a very creative spirit, but he's a designer. He's got a little mm-hmm. engineer brain too. So, right. uh, he he brought all of these Star Wars character cars and showed me like the intricacy of the design and like why they make the choices they make. Like he showed me this Anakin one that's like you wouldn't know it's Anakin mm-hmm. unless you were, knew it was a Star Wars character car. But it's just got like the color of his robes and it's got like his, his lightsaber is like, you know, a design wow. al- along the bottom. But it's designed so you can flip it over and it's slightly darker on the other side. Oh, and it's, wow. And it still looks like it's it doesn't have a bottom. You can flip it. So really? It's, it's always ready to turn to and it's like he showed me that one. was like, all right, I can't just poke fun at these. There's a <laughs> level of thought in design that goes into these.
1: That's that's really awesome. I haven't seen the Anakin one. I don't think or at least to my knowledge, because that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I have old man Luke. I have Wicket and Jabba, which is one of the those, Jabba truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the worst Star Wars things around. And I say that with so much love. <laughs> It's one of the look I saw. I think I saw it at 7 it was like must have, <laughs> must own. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so that's fascinating, yeah, to yeah, see it from an engineering point of view, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take a look at a, a couple of them a
4: little bit more close. I think there's a Dengar van, which you know right. should not be, uh, so I want it,
1: yeah. There's all there's an IG 88, a Boss, something like that, yeah. yeah. They got
4: the whole bounty hunter <laughs> line, but yeah, it gave me a, a fresh uh appreciation. And uh, by the time I was done with that podcast, I wanted to start a new collection and he was not helping he was like yeah you can, yeah. You can get a case and hang them on your wall I'm like damn it <laughs>
1: can't <laughs> easy, do another collection easy storage yeah uh yeah collecting days are on pause for me as well but uh, they're they're hard i mean they're they're impulse buys that's why stores put them up at the front because i'll be checking out at Seven Eleven. must have this wicket must have this job you know, like four
4: bucks they're not <laughs> that bad compared to like action figures or other things that add up quick
1: so check that out, obsessed over there on uh, the obsessed uh, podcast feed. Uh, you know, the obsessed uh, exists in its own universe. Uh, uh, <laughs> the obsessed, the 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 Joseph Scrimshaw connected uh, universe, the multiverse, <laughs> the yeah. multiverse. Uh, I didn't have anything as well for, in terms of Star Wars adventures. I wish I did. Little Battlefront action. Uh, last week, and we got some Battlefront news coming up there. But yeah, it was just one of those head down, get your work done kind of weeks. Yeah, hey, what you need, every absolutely, once in a while. absolutely, you need every once in a while. So uh, yeah. boring lives over here, actually, it's because <laughs> we're so busy. But uh, a lot of stuff uh, uh, forthcoming, so we're gonna dive into the news. We got some news to talk about. Uh, I, th- I think some some uh, some stuff buried between beneath uh, between and beneath the headlines this yeah. week. Starting with the story here, Carrie Russell uh, says uh, she was moved by the episode nine script. Uh, she said, when I read this script uh, that he wrote, referring to, of course, J.J. Abrams, and I, I guess you would say Chris Terrio as well, uh, she told uh, an outlet in a recent interview, and I'm reading from EW.com, uh, I mean, uh, who knows what it will turn out to be, and I hope it remains true to what he originally re- wanted, but she cried. She cried, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Joseph, we've we've heard this before, and I don't mean that cynically. We've heard this before from performers, like, oh, it's blown away, and yeah, they're gonna. what do you think they're going to say, right? But a lot of times, if, they got some bad to say. They just won't say it. Yeah. Uh, she knows JJ. She goes back. Let's dive into this Carrie Russell reaction here. Yeah, this is
4: great to me because I feel like there are lots of boilerplate answers of like I was just blown away by the script or like right. it's so great or the fans are going to love it. Like I love the specificity of this. Mm. To me, what I took from it is uh, the cried just is th- that it makes me hope that the emotional story is really impactful mm. and that that's what somebody like a good actor like Carrie Russell would respond to the family story of it of how it wraps up what it means for you know some of the main characters for Rey or Kylo Ren um in mm-hmm. the the turnout uh, I hope it remains true to what he originally wanted is I think actors just know that right. something that affects them on the page they see it in their mind a certain way and then by the time it gets filmed shot edited <laughs> sometimes market test audience yeah that sometimes
1: it can drift from what hits you on the page. I was gonna say Bob Igert. I get I get a sense they'll probably let JJ do more of what he wants it, this. It seems around, like it. It seems like it, yeah. Do we want to speculate very irresponsibly <laughs> about what this might mean for her character? Zori Bliss, do we think it's specific to that? I don't think so, but it's fun to fun to dive into that thought. Yeah,
4: I think there's uh for me there's two things of if JJ Abrams was going to have a, a living parent for Ray. Mm. She is wonderfully cast to be Ray's mom. Yeah. So I do understand people who are like, Whoa. And, and I think the, I cried makes it seem like maybe her character has something with more emotional heft. Right. But in the article, she also says, uh, I clicked through to the initial article on right. the associated press. And in that one, she said, yeah, JJ called me up and said, Hey, do you want to do this? I have to warn you, you're going to be wearing a helmet. And she was like, that'd be great. Right. So that, that to me indicates maybe she is just a bounty hunter. Maybe we are going to have a a phasma situation where you have a phenomenal actor, but you never see her with the helmet off. Helmet on. So there's a part of me of like, if you're going to speculate about Ray parentage, I can see why you'd be tempted to speculate that she could be Ray's mom or aunt or whatever. (laughs) Older sister, older yeah, second cousin, even, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, sister might be really interesting, actually. Yeah, because um, it sidesteps uh, the parentage yeah, yeah, issue, but uh, still gives Ray some blood family to, to contrast with her found family. I never really stopped thinking about that. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I was you, just joking, and then I realized. Yeah,
1: hey, it, wait! <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, ah, maybe it doesn't seem likely, but that'd be very interesting—a yeah. different, uh, yeah. a different angle there. And more importantly, one of the things she talked about uh, in this one is when talking about JJ taking over episode eight. Carrie said he's not trying to change it to be something else. He really respects what it is. Uh, more little clues we're hearing. We heard from JJ himself talking about um, honoring what came before. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't like to roll our, up our sleeves and roll in the mud of that uh, retconning type of conversation thread, but yeah. kind of more proof that JJ knows how to continue this story versus rewrite it. Yeah, and I mean,
4: that might that that might be from the perspective of somebody like carrie russell who sounds like she probably grew up with star wars she has a Mm. some line about like yeah, it's it's always been i've always i remember going to see those movies as somebody who just has a sense of like this is what it felt like to me when i was a kid when i saw these movies and maybe she's just really connecting to that spirit is there in the script yeah
1: Yeah, i love it i think i more uh, these little it's these little morsels that are getting me more excited for nine obviously i'm going to be excited regardless of what I read or yeah. see, but these little tiny things there. So, Kerry Russell, Zori Bliss, get your Zori Bliss helmet on action figures. Coming soon, I'm sure. All right, we know the tickets for Star Wars Celebration 2020 went on sale, and, uh, well, yeah, Star Wars is dead because they sold out
4: <laughs> in minutes. Yes, they did. I guess that is the other Star Wars adventure I had, is not getting uh, <laughs> not getting, not getting a ticket, t- yeah.
1: I was on the road, and, and uh, you had texted me, and then you said, uh, yep, four-day gone.
4: Yeah, so I got, uh, uh, I had, I was busy and distracted, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I suppose I should do this, uh, you know, because, you know, in theory, there's many different ways for mm. press passes and, and various things, right. uh, so it's not like I, I'm saying I'm not going to start with Celebration, but I thought, I, sh- I should buy a pass. I'd like to buy a pass, mm. and I got in, uh, later in the process, I got to the drop-down menu and selected one. <laughs> adult 4 day pass and then when i clicked it there was just like error i was like what's the error and the error was there sold out so it i think I, I think i was there
1: in the literal like millisecond oh, it was man. selling out oh man it's Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's no guarantees, Uh, you know, press passes and exhibitor badges. There's a lot of different ways, but nothing's guaranteed. So we like to kind of hedge our bets. And uh, I was really concerned about the hotels. Still haven't had the chance um, to go there. I was thinking of calling. I have a specific hotel I'm looking at. Yeah, I always go to this one. I was and I still you can't book directly through it. Okay. so I was thinking of just calling and being like, I'm trying to go to Disney with my fiance and I can't (laughs) book a room. And what's going on? Uh, Just to see if I get it through the back door there. but. It's pretty popular, this Star yeah. Wars celebration. and the article, uh, I'm reading from StarWars.com, uh, says fans will celebrate the completed Skywalker Saga and mark the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back, which we'd been speculating about that. 2020 is uh, yeah. 40 years after. So that begs a question, what do we want to, to celebrate, or how do we want to celebrate the completed Skywalker Saga? What do you think that might mean? Mm, yeah,
4: I mean, I hope maybe it's a panel. I mean, sometimes the panels get a, l- a little bit more in-depth, like that mm-hmm. Phantom Menace anniversary. Anniversary one right. had some like interviews with some some from different perspectives uh, yeah it would be great to say like let's now that the story is complete let's have a discussion of
1: you know what what is the whole story it's hard for me to envision that without George and and he's shows up to these things. It, the relationship isn't as strange as maybe we want to think. Maybe it is. I don't know.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, that would be amazing mm. if it was, like, you know, Lucas and Abrams and Anthony Daniels, you know, like,
5: <laughs> you know, <laughs> the,
1: <laughs> the one who's been through it all. Um, yeah. 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 It. I just. It'd be. It'd be very hard to envision it, but. Uh, but it would be good. Yeah. A. A. A, a, a retrospective. This is your life, Skywalkers. Uh, kind of fun panel. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Skywalker, What does this mean
4: for the Skywalkers? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great to have some sort of panel like that. It might be interviews with the people that that we've seen a lot, but will yeah. still be fun. Or it could be something a little deeper. I think mainly it'll be merch. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, it will mostly be, like, the you know, your your
1: nine collector cups, you know, that kind of thing. The completed Skywalker plush. <laughs> uh, all the Skywalkers in one plush basket. Uh, and the uh, Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary. Other than the panels, uh, you know, having a big panel full of reflection and nostalgia, which the Phantom Menace panel was, but it leaned into the tech achievements of that film which made it really really uh, interesting in a way i didn't expect how do we want to mark empire's 40th Uh, we got a lot of legacy we got the big moments how do you think we should dive into that one
4: i wanted to be similar to that phantom menace panel because i think part of what that phantom menace 20th anniversary benefited from is context Mm -hmm. of this is where doug chang was at the time and this is where all of these designs have gone you know Mm -hmm. he's the guy who designed both you know the Naboo fighter and the U-wing. And like that right. knowing that continuity of him and how uh, the creation of Jar Jar has led to lots of other mocap stuff and mm-hmm. obviously the baggage of people's relationship with Jar Jar, all those things make that that context made it panel interesting. So I'm hoping for the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm hoping for let's look back and remember how incredibly dangerous this sequel was, mm-hmm. how much it doesn't didn't look like any other sequel at the time, that it took mm-hmm. risks, that it was a financial risk, that kind of thing. Um, and I would love it to have like a discussion from today's perspective of why is it still so highly regarded?
1: Yeah, I think, yes. And that's that's the big lean in for me on that. Yeah. We've lost, unfortunately, a lot of people involved with, you know, yeah. Aaron Kirshen, Carrie Fisher, Gary Kurtz now. Um, but getting not just, uh, yeah, you said a little bit of like, it's overlooked how financially risky it was Lucas by this time was like having to put up his own uh, money uh, the the idea that uh, this is going to a dark place which seems now that's just commonplace yeah. right oh it's the second chapter of the saga
4: it's going to be yeah and the director's union debacle
1: the, oh completely you know? yeah absolutely there's a lot there uh, that's why I want uh, more than just uh you know remember the walkers which will be part of the yeah. fun yeah uh, that's the surprise of the Phantom Menace panel for me was just getting a lot, a lot of, uh, history, a lot of interesting, interesting conversation. Uh, I'd love to see that for yeah. Empire.
4: Yeah. And also like a, a running of the Lobots. Like they do the <laughs> running of the Wheel of Hoods, a running of the Lobots, I think would be a great way to honor Start the a Empire pra- Strikes Back.
1: Brand new tradition. A Lobot Parade. <laughs> Lobot. Uh, let's hear it for the Lobot Parade. <laughs> Battlefront 2 updates. Uh, yes, we talked about Battlefront 2 all last week, and big updates are coming uh, just this week, June 26th. Uh, droidigas. Finally, the destroyer droids, a TK-130 tank, the the clone tank from the Clone Wars era. General Anakin Skywalker. uh, We'll get some clones, the 212th Recon Division and the 41st Scout Battalion. Uh, Naboo for capital supremacy. Really excited about that. And we got some stuff uh, next up. Not in this next one. We heard about Felucia. Lightsaber improvements. And this one's interesting. I I thought of you here. Blaster (laughs) heroes will finally be able to
4: crouch. Oh, crouching is one of the most important parts of all video games uh, from I, I spent hours just making Mario and Luigi crouch uh, right. when they were supersized uh, yeah and the whole stand up bit about James Bond crouching they get on my album Flaw Uh but yeah th- these are all great uh, the droidicas yeah. uh, is one of the mm-hmm. things I'm really excited about because I don't yeah. think I've ever I've fought them in video games before
1: I've never right. got to be one I'm trying to I think maybe maybe in one of the Lego games but I, I, I know you fight them more than are them yeah. But this is, uh, uh, and seeing what it looks like uh, in some of the clips, I mean, it's it's one of the reasons we love Battlefront 2 is how we always say how good the game looks, how beautiful the game looks, how you feel you're there for even just a second, like you're on the ground. So I was always terrified by those things in a good way. Yeah. The shields are up, the sounds they make. Uh, I think that's my, my highlight. Well, Naboo for Capital Naboo for Supremacy. Capital
4: Supremacy is going to be great
1: as well. Yeah, I hope they get a lot more maps for that. And then Felicia we talked about uh, coming down the line too. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, for capital supremacy yet. Um, I think it is. I think they've said that it is. It is. Got it. That'd be that'd be fun because capital supremacy is uh, is 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 a great accomplishment. I think in terms of a long game that goes for uh, sometimes hours. <laughs> hours. But yeah. But then it becomes repetitive. <laughs> so I want more options there too. So I look forward to that. Battlefront 2, June 26th this week, getting big updates. The headline reads, Mark Hamill done with Star Wars. Eh, you know, or something. There's (laughs) something about context and knowing his uh, cheeky responses. While uh, out on the red carpet for the new Child's Play Chucky film, which he, of course, is the voice of uh, Chucky, Mark Hamill was asked about Star Wars And he said he hopes episode nine is his last go around with Star Wars. He felt he had closure in episode eight. I'm paraphrasing slightly there. But he talked about Force Ghost, saying, You know, I I thought he was died, but Star Wars, you don't really ever die if you got Force Ghosts around. Um, And that might mean there's a confirmation that Luke is a Force Ghost, nothing more, nothing less in episode nine. Um, But we can always speculate about that. What do you think about uh, number one? Hamill just. The way he said it, how he said it, and then of course what this the headlines that people run with.
4: Yeah, I think context is everything. I read this article and then I looked at the clip, and it's like twenty six seconds long. (laughs) That's twenty six seconds on a red carpet for a different movie. And I I mean, I think one of the big things is, uh, uh, I think obviously Mark Hamill has had you know up up and down feelings about the sequel trilogy. Obviously, that's that not a secret. But he also just always wants. to answer something in a fun way and in a jokey way and somebody put a mic in his face and said "Are is this going to be the end of you and Star Wars just laughed I was like well I hope so <laughs> like it's it's a joking response it's not like Mark Hamill was sitting in his yeah. nice home and then said I have a press release <laughs> to put out that I am done with Star Wars so that part of it I think we should be taken with a grain of sand of like yeah. yeah I died and then I came back as a force ghost and they're ending the Skywalker saga Yeah, I think I'm probably done, (laughs) given all that. Like, I feel like that's, uh, to me, the main takeaway of what he was saying. And he did seem to be confirming Force Ghost, yes.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, sometimes you don't want to, uh, you know, you want to leave it still open there. But, yeah, I I mean, I don't think we're surprised if that's, uh, it it turns out to be 100% the truth. But, yeah, a little Force Ghost Luke. Uh, that shot uh, from the uh, Vanity Fair stuff, uh, you know, again, oh, yeah, we, promotional Promotional, yeah. yeah.
4: And I, I think this is uh, just another reminder and an ongoing, many of them are going to come, that I think this movie is going to go exactly the way the trailer in J.J. J. Abrams is telling you. It is yeah. about the next generation, and mm-hmm. I think there's not, I think maybe, maybe Force Ghost Luke will do
1: something a little different and cool mm-hmm. for a Force Ghost. Yeah. But I I think it is going to be a small role. It's something you said. uh, I think we were breaking down the Rise of Skywalker trailer, Joseph. That uh, if you, if you, whether it's Last Jedi or uh, Force Awakens, the marketing never sets out to deceive or lie lie about. Yes, like to us. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. and and so it is so it is so it is uh you know I always type uh, Star Wars news into the Google box machine and things come up and I try to uh, stay away from the salacious rumors or the wild speculations but sometimes you find a new story that you just have to dive into gray seal sings Star Wars theme <laughs> here we go the sounds can you pick it out here <laughs> That is a gray seal <laughs> singing. It sounds very much like the rock and roll solo theme. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, he carries the tune better than I can. That gray seal does. So there you go. Absolutely. Which begs the question, uh, Joseph? Uh, what other animals do you want to have sing a Star Wars song? I want an
4: angry squirrel to scream the Imperial March. Oh, while stealing a hostess fruit pie
1: from the trash. That's good. I uh, Definitely, uh, who wouldn't want a goat singing <laughs> maybe the Cantina song? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Star Wars news. It goes from the deep themes to the wonderful world of Grey Seals singing Star Wars. That's our news for this week, Joseph. But before we go on, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us.
4: Yeah, when I'm trying to look for these ideas, what should I share? I always try to fit it with the theme of our main topic. And this mm. week it was real easy because we're talking about an audiobook. So uh, we recommend Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott.
1: Absolutely. We're gonna be diving in here and we get a big thumbs up from us. So to download your free audiobook today, go to Audibletrial.com slash Again, that's Audibletrial.com slash for your free audio book. Jewelry isn't a gift you
3: give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential.
3: That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
1: and we are going to be diving into Dooku Jedi Lost. Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost uh, has a good rhythm to it. Uh, This is an audiobook, audio drama by Kevin Scott. Uh, Kevin Scott took part in the uh, From a Certain Point of View uh, book that came out, uh, what is that now, two years ago? Wow, time flies. (laughs) Uh, Really has a good handle on the Force and all those kind of things, and Uh, He stepped up big time with this one, Joseph.
4: Yeah, yeah. He also uh, wrote that IDW uh, short series. Well, He's written a couple of the IDW Mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars adventures, but he wrote that uh, horror series for Halloween time that came out. Uh, He's also a big writer of Doctor Who. He's done audios Mm -hmm. and other stuff for Doctor Who. Uh, So he pops up a lot in genre stuff. Uh, But I wanted to start out by just talking about the format because Mm -hmm. this is a new uh, experiment, exploration, uh i think they're calling it an audiobook with full cast mm. i was really curious when i got into it to hear what it would be and uh if people are i know sometimes people make a choice to read or listen to whatever we're talking about and listen but sometimes sure. people don't so if you haven't listened yet hey this is going to be full of spoilers mm. and b uh the information about how this is i was fascinated that there is no narration everything mm. that is spoken is a by a character sometimes uh, usually with Asajj it's a character speaking in their own head but Mm -hmm. no so it's not an audiobook in any way that like somebody is reading like the description of the horizon and the foliage right we're just always in it with a character speaking
1: yeah I, I I like that I like this it's a weird it's a weird sell for me this is a very personal thing like I don't drive as much anymore. I work from home now, so I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. When I would get to work, I would listen to podcast. That's where I would do it. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it's a little more difficult to digest, but I know people love audiobooks in general, and this, Because of the history of the radio plays with Star Wars, and even I'm a big fan of the Hitchhiker's radio plays, like, I love this kind of format, I was excited to dive into it.
4: Yeah, I was really happy that it was more of an audio drama, I Mm -hmm. love all those things, I'm a big fan of just old radio in general, grew up listening to The Shadow, and a bunch of other Mm -hmm. cool old radio things, That, that was fun for me. So, there's that general style... But then there's also the voice acting, Mm -hmm. the sound effects, of of course, right from the Lucasfilm library. And then the music, which Mm -hmm. I think there was the credits at the end say music by John Williams. And there was no doubt like lots of very familiar Star Wars tunes. How did you feel about uh, all that stuff? Voice acting, sound effects, music.
1: Yeah, I loved, I loved all of that. I, I the, the music, you know, heavy on the prequel era stuff, obviously you get some Padme ruminations and stuff like that, that's familiar from Revenge of the Sith. Um, I loved it created a big feel, and I know they do that with the regular audio books as well. That's why a lot of people uh, are drawn to those. Uh, so it made it interesting, and I joked a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the, hey, we're going to be talking about it. I was doing this while on my walks, and I'm, I'm not, like, trying to be silly. There was a couple times I went, huh, because I thought, I, I reacted to what I thought was a sound behind oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, it really pulls you in. Uh, the voice acting, uh, top notch all, all the way around. We we can dive into some of the individual choices and uh, and maybe uh, some of our thoughts on that. But I, I it it pulled you in and, and I, there was an I, I found myself I actually lost, probably lost five pounds during the course of this book. <laughs> Doing so the walking, I found myself oh I'm, I'm going to make time today to go out and walk. Yeah, it wasn't just an assignment. I probably gained five pounds because I
4: just sat sure. on my ass by my computer and listened. Uh, yeah, part of me absolutely loved it. I mm. think there what is for me it, it, in this format. A little bit of a loss of control mm-hmm. because uh, I feel mm. like I can, when I read, I can read at the tempo I want to, and I know I could speed this up, but I didn't want to listen to yeah. like chipmunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to listen to it at the speed that it is. Uh, and then also for me, I love looking up names mm. and some of them I was able to find, yeah. but, or some of them I just knew, but like some of the alien species names that were like new to me, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I tried to guess how to spell that. And, yeah. Or k- new characters to see like, oh, I think that's a new character, but have they ever popped up in some place I don't know? And just kind of the inability to Google... Yeah. Star Wars names uh, was weird for me.
1: It's a great point because uh, when we review, we try to m- make notes or I'll put little post-it notes on the book. And I'm just an old school cat. I, I just like books in my hands and yeah. reading in bed. Like, that's a thing. So I did feel at times, and I'll even probably make jokes about a letter. I felt like lost a couple of times. That is on me. That is not on yeah, them. This is a
4: subjective experience yeah. a discussion, not a 100%. should these exist or not. Yeah, no,
1: I'm so on board for the format, but I just found myself. Uh, I would even listen, re-listen to a couple chapters like the next day, like, like, all right, let me get to five minutes of the last one just to get the context. Again, that is that is user error if there's any mistakes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I know what you mean. The loss of control of, of oh, I, I wanted to see that on paper and then not knowing some of the names. Yeah. Just got to go, you know, Braylon. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah another
4: good uh, mental exercise to be like the Jedi. Just let go. Yoda would prefer audio dramas to the control of a book. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to mention for myself is I th- one of the things that I think this uh, style excels at is tension. In oh, particular, yeah. there's that great uh, scene where uh, Dooku and sifo are trying to break into the Forbidden Bogon collection. Yes. And the Jedi Archive security droid is approaching. And using those well-established droid servo sound effects, yes. these are getting closer and closer. And I really felt like, ah, the, the, the droid is right on top
5: of
1: you. You're going to yeah. get caught. Yoda's going to be so pissed. <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite sequences, the tension that you described, but also just like, you know, would, anywhere, I, I think whenever, anytime Sith artifacts pop up, I get my tension. Yeah. It was a great, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the ones that worked the most for me. Like I was in the story at that point. Yeah. Moment.
4: The yeah. sound effects can make things really visceral. Um, I thought, in particular voiceover, I thought Asajj was just great. Uh, mm-hmm. The actor who, who portrayed Asajj, which I have written down on uh, some of my is copious is notes. Orlog. Orlog uh, yeah. Cassidy. Orlog Cassidy. I yeah. love actors who also have real names that are good Star Wars names. Yeah. Orlog Cassidy find that person in the canteen and no problem uh the music i both loved and then i kind of wanted i I wanted to ask your opinion on this Mm because i I know that they do use main star wars themes in audiobooks a lot yeah but there was something to me where like i was happy to hear the music because i had a visceral emotional reaction to it and Mm it upped my engagement but there is something about hearing like well, yeah, this is a moment of rumination for this character that I'm listening to, but I associate that with Padme's rumination, not just the emotion Mm -hmm. of rumination. And in the same thing again and again of like, oh, somebody's doing something kind of evil. There's the Imperial theme. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about in in, uh, books, uh, presentations like this, the themes being divorced from the specificity of some of the main trilogy, Skywalker trilogy characters, and just being more applied to the emotion or circumstance
1: i, I think it's a, a great point and a great question because uh padme's ruminations i mean <laughs> the name's, it's in the title it's yeah. um but <laughs> it's hard even though i fell in love with that theme more from playing battlefront 2 in 2005 or 6 because it was on mustafar and had nothing to do with padme but it just kind of created a tone so i can get into it but yeah even with even with say the force theme yeah that i might associate with luke uh, this has popped up not just in this but in other uh, audiobooks that i've read or even if it pops up elsewhere um yeah, I, I, I we're the type of fans that associate it with the characters. Yeah. now the Imperial March, I don't know, it is the Imperial March, but it's definitely Vader's theme. So uh, it does I, I it doesn't take me out of it long term, but I'd be lying if it when it pops up, I just I go back to Padme staring out, yeah. the window. Yeah, and you are not going to get John. Williams, John was up at the time to do Dooku's <laughs> ruminations. And I I'm wish sure, he did, and yeah. I am sure everyone involved did. You got to use and go with the, the overall themes, but I, I know what you mean. You're, yeah, you're,
4: you're, you're, you and I are in the same boat. And maybe if he's getting incredibly uh, popular, you'd right. be able to hire a Kevin Kiner to, to you know, right. do an entirely new new track. But yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't particularly bug me. It just really, uh, I just really noticed it. Um, So, let's get into the story itself. What was your overall reaction to the story? Did you like it?
1: Did you love it? Did you have critiques? I absolutely, absolutely loved the story because we're we're fans of Dooku here, I think, collectively. You and I, no secret there. Uh, I felt I learned something new about this character in a way that made sense. Yeah. That added even more layers to it. You're going to hear that phrase a lot, right? And talk, I want more layers to my characters. This did it. Uh, And also... Also, I wasn't expecting to come out of it with a lot of Assage Ventress stuff. Yeah. And I did. So it really played well into that and gave me, uh, I, I felt I had a better understanding of what the Jedi Order did in their downtime. You yeah. know, uh, we got a lot of that Master of Apprentice, Master and Apprentice. So I love that there overall. Some of the critiques, I, I, again, this this might be there. Sometimes I got lost with some of the characters, uh, similar voice choices, Um Again, that is me out and about in the world, walking and not fully paying attention. Look at that dog, Dooku uh, is in my ears. Um, So I got lost a little bit there, um, but I I, I think that doesn't count in my critique. Almost okay, yeah, it's it's on me.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think one of my reactions to the story is that it it does demand focus because I think it was it's just I think good writing choices by uh, Kevin Scott that Mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of the kind of dialogue that can haunt bad. Uh, audio dramas and uh, say, look, the lightning coming from Dooku's hand—it's hitting the blah blah blah. Like you know, they didn't do any of that. They—you really had to pay attention. And yeah. I think that same time, same choice, like the choice not to give Sifo some bizarre mm-hmm. voice. Right. You had—you had to be in the context of who is in the scene with Dooku. It's Sifo Then you recognize that voice. And like, so I think it, in a probably a good way, it demands your attention and your focus. I
1: think it's great that they kind of gave us a little bit of respect as a listener, like you're going to, this is on you, Uh, you know, it's, you know, from the comedy world, sometimes, you know, you just got to write a joke that you have to hope your audience finds and you're not going to over explain it. And there were definitely times where I had to remind myself, clear your mind and listen to it. And, and I thought that was a good thing. And once it got rolling, like I remember when it started, This is, I know a lot of you out there listening, listen to audiobooks more than you read books. I am not that type of Yeah, person. we have
4: our audiobook training wheels on, I think, with this one.
1: Fair to say. Great way to look at it. And I still fell. um, But I once I got in, I think it was about the second or third chapter, and it really picks up and it goes into Dooku's youth. Um, I was in it. The dialogue, everything, it pulled me in. And I could see it as... Um, I love that you said the the way they the, uh, Kevin Scott wrote the dialogue it didn't dumb it down, didn't over explain it because I could feel that as if it was a scene in a movie. Yeah, which is how I would want this to go.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think my overall reaction is I, I really did appreciate that that it was so much, and we're going to talk about this this idea of stories within stories mm. uh, to create this sort of big picture of both Asajj and Dooku. Like, well, who who is Dooku really? What exactly happened to him? Uh, What does that mean to the Jedi Order? And then this larger arc of Asajj wrestling with her decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, In that there is this linear story with, you know, beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. But it is told through all of these little micro stories, which is an interesting way to play with the history of Star Wars being episodic Mm -hmm. down to the point where the movies have episode titles (laughs) they're you know uh inspired by all of the uh cliffhanger serials saturday afternoon serials so i thought that was really interesting to interesting dynamic because sometimes the novels are just structured like this is a novel in that sort of episodic stuff that the main star wars movies are often concerned with is just not a factor it's just a novel and i think this was interesting to see that dynamic being played with um i think uh one of the other things that I I really, really loved big picture was just the mood of Dooku himself. Mm. Like you can go through and you can pinpoint lots of little canon and lots of little motivations of, Oh, well maybe that's where he got that idea. Maybe that's where he got that bias. Mm. But I think it does such a great job of showing over his entire life, that feeling of being just restrained Mm. in, in can he be, will he allow himself to be restrained from, Mm. His family, from his emotions, from his sense of superiority, from his curiosity about the dark side, like that, I think, just kind of in terms of what the uh, uh, emotional meat of the story is, is you
1: know, Dooku on
4: chain. Yeah, no,
1: no, it plays out nicely. And each, you're right. It's almost like a step. Each each one's a step towards the Dooku we know, like a step up, step up where it starts as a you know a young uh, a young kid. But then we're going to dive into some of the details. But yeah, the the learning early on, the rejection of family and learning about family. Yeah, uh, fascinating take on it there. Yeah, it all made sense uh, to the character of Dooku and wasn't. And I and I, I will say I did read this in a in a review. I don't want to completely say act like it's my own, but the idea is on Gizmodo. Um, uh, the the idea that Dooku's fall wasn't just about the dark side. Yeah. It's a lot more stuff that we obviously got even in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It's always yeah.
4: been hinted at that he really feels this way politically and he has also been seduced by the dark side. So it was right. great to see that this was a story of well, why does he feel that way? Yeah. Um the other thing that I just wanted to be sure to shout out so I don't ever miss it uh, is Tara effing Sinube. <laughs> this is my <laughs> favorite uh, Jedi. Uh, yeah. He's in that great episode of the Clone Wars, Lightsaber Lost. He's in others, but that's his big one yeah. where he's you know very wizened Jedi with a effing lightsaber cane. <laughs> so great uh, to see him uh, used. Because I think they did a great job of this is a little bit mm. older in our you know, prequel era. Yeah. General prequel era It was a little bit older since we're going with Dooku really young. So we had to introduce some new Jedi. But who are some Jedi who would be around? Ancient Terra Anube. So I love that he was in it.
1: Absolutely. A, a great Clone Wars shout out. Yeah. So big picture. We talked mm. a little bit
4: about this. But do you feel it was more Dooku's story ultimately or
1: Asasha's story? Ultimately, I'd say it was Duku's story, but it's really interesting that it, a lot of it's from Asaja's not just point of view, but you know what her personal point of view, what she, her outward point of view. It's also what she's taken in; like yeah. it's all through her perspective, which makes sense. It's just a story device and an engine to get you through uh, this character. But we don't, I, I you know, we're, we're we're going back and listening to Duku with his messages with his sister, so we we know what he's thinking and feeling to a, to a certain degree, but. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'll say Dooku's, but it's definitely yeah. her lesson about Dooku. Yeah, right. Well, and her,
4: and you know, as we learned at the end, mm. Dooku wanted her to hear all of these yeah. memories, his private life, to try to teach her something. And we'll talk mm. a little bit about what it is he taught her. But I feel like, you know, there's such a thing in the way that humans are wired, and particularly uh, our current understanding of storytelling, that primacy and recency, meaning what you hear first and what you hear last, dictates memory dictates meaning right. and we start with Asajj and we end with Asajj yeah. and the beginning to me is so powerful of just starting with like what I don't want to be here I'm wrestling with my consciousness as is represented by my old Jedi master Kai Eric maybe I should just throw myself yeah. into the trees below and yeah. would the force save me and then ending with her final words of of I am free. We'll we'll get to what that means. But in a way, I think it made me feel like it was ultimately Asajj's story Mm. in which we learned a lot of facts about Dooku, which I kind of liked because it gave us this great intimacy and insight to Dooku, but it still kept him distant. It still made us feel about him the way Asajj might, or maybe even Yoda or by the end of their lives, Qui-Gon and and Uh Rail, of like, I thought I knew him, And I know all these things about him, but I can't truly ever know him.
1: There was a great description from Asaj talking about his ship. What is it, the Windrunner? Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying it's very much like Dooku because it's silent and you don't hear it coming. Yeah, and it, you, looks fancy it looks fancy. And it's telling <laughs>
4: you all these lies about nice wood, but it, yeah. you only hear it when the guns go off.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I love that because, yeah, even even in breaking down uh, scenes with Dooku in the prequel, especially in Sack the Clones, yeah, you get a sense, you could guess, but you're left to, to speculate a lot, and that's probably just as Dooku would want. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my exquisite pajamas on, and that's all you <laughs> need to know. Yeah, I
4: just put these on just in case I'm attacked in the night, so people will realize who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I I observed that I
1: specifically wanted to ask you about is uh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Are, now, are you, have you read the Harry Potter books? Not read them. I've seen all the movies. You've seen all the movies. I, I do enjoy them. I I totally respect uh, the lore that is presented to me there. I just never read the
4: books. Okay, okay. Uh, just curious, uh, mm-hmm. but. There are so many Harry Potter vibes in this, oh, yeah. which uh, a lot of us have talked about. I know I brought it up on the podcast, and I think Jennifer has in the past, too, about, well, it'd be great to get, like, a Harry Potter-type series in with Jedi in school. And this had some serious Harry Potter vibes, like all of the drama of the various fights between the little initiate clans... Mm-hmm. Uh, very much like it. Padawan Teradeen's map of the forbi- forbidden places <laughs> in the Jedi Temple is just that. Is just that's straight up the Marauders' map. Uh, there's even a bunch of having a Convor or Owl, or owl as yep. they actually call it in this uh this uh, story, as a pet. Mm-hmm. There. are so many dynamics that
1: Mm. invoke harry potter so did you feel that when you were did it strike you when you were listening hundred percent and you're you're even more right about how that's one of the questions that comes up a lot whether it's here in force center other places of like would you want to see a harry potter like you know is ryan johnson's trilogy a younger kid's harry potter version of star wars uh scott and uh, got there yeah, uh, got there uh, maybe perhaps first in this new era of, of Star Wars canon, and it totally worked for me. Yeah, when it's st- when the story started, and Asajj is going back, and it goes back to very very young Dooku. I I was a little you know, a little trepidation like uh, no I'd rather give me to the fall, give me to the fall. Obviously, <laughs> you getting the building blocks are being put in place, and it and it became its own its own separate little adventure, and it completely worked for me. Yeah. The, the young cypherdeus the the school rivalries all the it yeah they totally worked for the me. Uh, the jackass
4: malfoy <laughs> <kid, laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. like kid we, that we all dislike and understandably so yeah yeah I think I, I was thinking about it and I feel like why try to avoid it because mm-hmm. the Jedi in their their ways have been set up a, a certain amount and there's a lot that is mm-hmm. going to just if you're telling this kind of story, a lot of things that are going to come up. So why dance around it? And Mm. I think in particular, Harry Potter has a lot of generational themes before of like, Harry wants to figure out who his parents really were. He misses Mm. them And this. Star Wars always has generational themes, but I feel like this uh, story was so explicitly Mm. about who makes you, who you are, Mm. you know, do you become something different than your mentor or your parents and, and all of that. And I also think there's just stuff that's going to come up because when we grow up, we're all interested in the forbidden things. Mm. We're mm-hmm. all interested in like, oh, I should go to that place that I shouldn't where the thing they don't want me to yeah. see is. And then I love that we learned that, you know, super uptight Eula Braylon yeah. not only did something that we'll mention later, yeah. uh, but also like, Oh yeah, she snuck in there too. Yeah. Gets into those generational themes of this is what it is to, grow up. There's a dead body down by the river in the cave.
1: <laughs> exactly. Let's go. I, I Stand uh, <laughs> by me with Count Dooku. And I love the choice to to. it wasn't an old Dooku saying, uh, oh, my father hated me or thought I was a freak as a Force-sensitive kid. We got to kind of experience all that as it happened and and smart choice. Yeah. Smart choice. Uh, yeah, his father leaving him out yeah. for the Jedi to
4: take.
5: Mm, mm. Uh,
4: so, like we talked about, a lot of the story was presented as layers of stories within stories. Uh so, I mean like really layers of stories within stories of like uh Asajj listening to Dooku telling his sister a story, and then we go into that story, and then within that somebody else would tell Dooku a story of the past. Like there were some like five level deep story within a story moments. Uh so did that yeah. did you have general thoughts or reactions to that?
1: Uh I did like it because it, it again, you, you going back to where I was saying up top, you have to focus. And if I'm out walking and there's a, uh, a little poodle and I'm looking at the dog and I'm thinking about what I'm eating for lunch, and I could get lost because it would go off on uh, Asajj and Kai, uh, Kai Merrick talking about, it, and I'm having flashbacks to the Clone Wars. And so it would take me on these little journeys within these journeys. And then I'm sometimes like, Dooku would start talking or something, and I'd be like, Oh, I gotta. They got to focus on that, and I mean this in a in a great way. It gave me a lot of things to think about yeah. with a lot of these characters. So I, I did like, I did like that idea. Yeah, um, I was interested in that, even though
4: it was a very deep story within a story. That it felt very honest. Um, yeah, because anytime there's stories within a stories, I, I really think about how that uh, attaches to the idea of unreliable narrators in Star Wars mm-hmm. and the idea from a certain point of view and. It could be that when Duku's talking to his sister, you know, he could be lying. But the whole way this is presented is this is this person to connect with. This mm-hmm. is the person that he can tell the truth to when he right. maybe can't even tell it to. Certainly can't tell it to Yoda. Maybe can't even tell it to Sifo Dyas. But he can tell it to his sister.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And then you learn that ultimate honesty that Duku wants Asajj to hear all these things. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that certain point of view can sometimes be interpreted by Star Wars fans as, yeah, that's when Obi-Wan was kind of shifty with Luke. Right. And besides some very specific things at the end that are about Sith lying on purpose, this all felt true, mm-hmm. even
1: though you were five stories deep. One of the things I, about Duke that I love is I feel, this is my interpretation, I feel that he just kind of tells a base level truth in a lot of his things uh, uh uh the stuff with the scene with obi-wan we've gone gone back to a lot the interrogation scene why does he suddenly be like nah let me tell you everything here yeah <laughs> um and i thought that was all the way through here too that that what you're saying there again the, the idea that he's having like like even wh- why would he want to Sasha learn all this stuff when he's just this kind of master character i think uh you know that goes in interesting paths on her training But I, yeah, the point of view isn't necessarily always a shifty lie (laughs) by a Jedi Master on a a swamp planet. Yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, All right, so I wanted to,
4: like we always do, uh, talk about maybe some of the uh, major topics, canon reveals, and we'll talk a little bit about themes as well. So uh, how did you feel about sudden quality time with Sifo-Dyas and the revelation that a character that started out as a typo uh, because Lucas originally intended it as a, it's Darth Sidious. He ordered the clones, but he used a kind of different name. And then there was a typo. It's like, eh, let's make it a separate character. <laughs>
1: make it a separate character.
4: <laughs> it's, it's been a, uh, a, uh, thing that has annoyed our friends over at uh, star Wars minute. Yeah. Uh, so I always think of that. If it's, it's a
1: typo, who's a character, <laughs> uh, how did you feel about learning that he has this long relationship with Dooku? I loved it because it adds um, some weight to what ends up happening. Uh, I love when you can take, and this is one of the things I think New Canon does really well, take a little kind of morsel of a story of her character and, and explode it out into something a lot more. And it just made sense to me uh, and and knowing how he dies again. Uh, and, and I thought sifo Zyf- was a very interesting character. And then I felt for the... the the brain his brain basically collapsing on itself when he starts getting these visions and and then it led into we just going out of master and apprentice of just this the weight of what does the future mean knowing the future do we even want that i i i really wasn't expecting to spend quality time with sifo and i loved loved the time spent yeah i ended up loving his character and his arc at first it was like oh cool because that gives a lot more weight to what we know
4: that he did order the clones mm-hmm. and that like uh, in that dooku ordered him killed by the pikes to yeah. cover up the loose end. Uh, so that immediately has weight. But then I just love the story of somebody who wants to be best friends with this guy who's a little aloof, a little mm-hmm. standoffish and also like really excels mm-hmm. and see what it, like a great guy. Sifo Diaz is to be like, yeah, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, all, all the stuff, uh, with his eventual master, being uh, the the implication that she maybe exposed him to mm-hmm. things that led to this gift and torture of seeing the visions. yeah. And that particular Jedi dynamic of, well, yeah, he was her Padawan, and he took the trials, and he's a Jedi Knight, mm. but he's just kind of not well, mm-hmm. so he travels with me. Mm. It's yet another thing, like you were saying earlier, getting to see lots of different ways the Jedi function. Like, yeah, get to see in the Clone Wars that... Well, yeah, Anakin passed the trials and he's a Jedi Knight, but Obi Wan and Anakin still travel around a lot because mm. they work well together, or they're right. friends, or whatever. So, seeing yet another permutation of that of how the master Padawan dynamic can go once the Padawan becomes a full fledged Knight.
1: Yeah, uh, pretty fascinating stuff, and 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 I I, I think I like um, I like the idea that the visions that he had weren't. I think maybe I went into the story thinking, ah, Zyphodias knew what was coming, so I'm going to order, you know what we should do? We should order, uh, order some troops today. Yeah. Uh, that it was haunting, and it was torturous, and that it wasn't necessarily clear. Like it, it, it added. Uh, I I wouldn't have expected to go in that way, and I enjoyed that.
4: Yeah, and yeah. I love that some of the that some of them you could imply as Clone Wars, and then we get that one that's just like, no, in six months from now, there's going to be a horrific natural disaster.
1: It's so funny. I was uh, the, as that's going to playing off, which is uh, what is that the planet Proto Branch, I believe. Proto Branch, Proto Branch, yeah. yeah. which Make is Bakta and <laughs> grains, <laughs> an Cheerios
4: old, and health food.
1: D- uh, I believe it's a Legends Planet. According to our friend Alex, I would not have known that. Um. Yeah, I I was like I started so I started doing what the the Jedi might warn you. I was like, oh, is this what is this? Is this Jakku? Yeah. Is this Alderaan? <laughs> oh no, it's it's the planet over here, the
4: the, the <laughs> one with the the grains. Yeah. yeah, I was like, is that that one from the uh, original Clone Wars animated series that Mace Windu fights on? That's got a lot of waving <laughs> grains and grass. Uh, yeah, so that was great. Mm. Um, Dooku's dance with the dark side. So this mm. we we always knew that Dooku was going to have some temptations, but this is where we really got. To see them. Mm-hmm. Um, in in particular, this uh, kind of deep connection to the Terataki, mm-hmm. the dragon that holds the world together. Uh, eventually, you learn that it is a dragon that was uh, controlled and turned into a Sith war beast by the old Sith.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and in particular, the thing that I loved is that ancient Band-Aid ritual yeah. that uh, Lean Costana uh, teaches him mm-hmm. after he has been exposed to the dark side. Right,
1: which... Is it because Ventress kind of has raps similar, right? Isn't it some kind of... Yeah, yeah, I didn't
5: think
4: about that connection. I really thought about that. The, this was, I thought, one of the most successful parts of uh-huh. it, one of my favorite parts. So right. that Lean Castana has a, this interesting attitude of like, yeah, you have to expose yourself to the dark side to fight it mm-hmm. sometimes, but you, you shouldn't embrace it. So here is this ancient ritual that Jedi used. Right. And it's like, is there something magic in the particular bandage in in that mantra i Mm. I love the ambiguity there or is it just like a almost psychosomatic drug where you've been not saying yeah yeah um where you've been been told this is the pill to take these are the words to say and he gives it away right right before and treats it as just it's a bandage it's not something i've needed for decades it's not something i've been subtly using for decades to keep something within myself at bay i'm i I hear on Sereno and somebody needs it, so I'm just gonna cast it off, and that's right before he makes his big decision, right, yeah, to walk
1: away, yeah,
4: so it just it, is a is jedi lore I found it fascinating mm-hmm. um in just the way that good writing is it I could feel it, I could feel like, oh wow i that would be a great thing to do when I'm angry, <laughs> get a <laughs> special bandage and say some special words, and you can <laughs> feel how that ritual might. Give you the illusion of holding something back.
1: Right, right. It's, it's, fa- I mean, I, Dooku's connection with the dark side seems to go back so far, you know, this, especially with this, this creature. And then he learned, learning, I'm jumping around a little bit, but learning the history of, of his family, and, and that's his family name is also the planet's name, Nessereno, and, and, and that what is, what, great grandfather, 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 uh, it goes back, is the one that like fought the Sith and yeah. tried to destroy him, like, and that runs, I, I again believe, Dooku, that if, if Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon joined up with him, he, yeah, okay, I'll destroy the Sith. I am one, but I'll destroy them because yeah. that's, I'm interested in power. So uh, just the connection and, and, and uh, have him know that maybe he needs to hold them back at one point, but doesn't want to at one point. Yeah. I love that.
4: Yeah. And did you like all the dragon stuff? Um, Yes and yes. <laughs> I know.
1: Give, all right. My, yes and maybe. My gut reaction gives away. Well, yes, sometimes. Is it too, too straightforward fantasy for you? Sometimes. But Star Wars, I Star Wars to me is more fantasy than sci fi. I think I've always yeah. obviously said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it in the end it plays fine. I think I had to go through the thing of like, am I hearing what is real or not? You know, is this really a dragon? Is this is this in his soul? Is it both? Uh, I got I got I get a little hung up in those kind of things sometimes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah. I think to me the reason I really liked it yeah. is you know it is metaphor obviously mm-hmm. like there's something buried in the heart of the planet I come from that mm-hmm. I have a connection to it it's powerful it's dark but it's not really it's fault it was twisted right. all these things uh, so it's a, a great metaphor for Dooku as a character
1: mm-hmm.
4: but I also just like it because he, it, it, it's new Mm-hmm. And there are many canon moments I like of like mentioning, oh, the Trade Federation is helping the Republic expand so they can tax people because they're bad. Or mm-hmm. learning that, oh, Ramil, his brother, had the plan of creating a fake war. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So maybe he got, oh, and his father's really interested in, wrote. So there's lots of like, this makes sense for Dooku mm-hmm. check boxes. Right. So I really appreciate that there is some stuff that we've never heard of that is brand new and is a little bit more deeper metaphor so you don't feel like you're just marching down a checkbox of how we got the duke we know
1: yeah we don't want that wikipedia story yeah no i think it in the end it works for me once i think it he had the first big um when the first big collapse happens yeah he's heard so is there like uh, and he's Trying to use the force to lift things up, and Yoda does it, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty great. I think by then I'm on board with this this thing. That's the story design, yeah, story trick. Yeah. I
4: think there's also something about a, a good analogy for how how the Jedi maybe are just like well, you just well, just push down emotions and ignore them. Mm-hmm. Of like there's literally literally something underneath the earth, and for a long time only he can see it. Yeah. And then even Gastana, who studies this stuff, is like, damn. Yeah. That thing you saw when you were a kid is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is powerful to me. Uh, how did you feel about this picture of the Sith that was painted in this? The, we mentioned their empires mentioned where they controlled the whole galaxy mm-hmm. a few times. The concern that there's artifacts everywhere and just the sheer number of Darth names that are thrown around willy nilly. A lot of Darth names. A lot of Darth names all over the place. So it, it just,
1: this went Sith crazy to me in a good way. Uh, absolutely good way. It, it made me, it made me excited for, if we're, if we're going to finally get some of these quote unquote old Republic answers in new canon and kind of, you know, uh, getting it down on paper. Like yeah. This it, it made me a little more excited for it. I, 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 um I love the Jedi's fascination with them, I like the fact that they have a you know the Bogan collection. Yeah, our fine Bogan collections downstairs. <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, knowing that again, this thing that you should know what you fight against is yeah. always interesting to me. But obviously, with the Sith that's so dangerous. But I, I do, I do like. Uh, I like what's starting to build a new canon. A little tiny, not that it's all building towards Dan and David's movie. Like none of that. Not, I'm not, I'm not that type of fan, but like um, it's starting to lay groundwork for something really more interesting than I would have thought. Cause I'm not an old Republic fan. I don't worry about a big battle between Sith and Jedi. It's cool. If we'll get to it. Yeah. But little tiny little morsels. Yeah. I, I like it in yeah. like in the Lando comic when he, they steal Palpatine ship. And I love Palpatine's observatories full of collection stuff. Uh, uh, it's interesting to me that we're getting more and more into it.
4: Yeah. I, I think just mentioning the Sith Empire, the idea like, yes, yes, they controlled the galaxy once and connecting that to, you know, Palpatine, mm. saying in Revenge of the Sith, once more, this is will yeah. rule of the galaxy. Um, also, just in terms of kind of being nerdy about canon, mm. feeling like, yeah, there are, there have been so many Sith over the centuries, we can just throw out names. And maybe some of them seem like they're set up for something else that's going to pop up somewhere in storytelling. Right. But it also just feels like, honestly, the story group saying like, yeah, you can you can make up a thousand Sith because there are that many. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to track everyone. That's how yeah. many there have been. That makes me more exciting for mm. just that peek into uh, an era of storytelling where not as much is defined. So you're free yeah. to really play and make things up.
1: Just why a lot of fans want quote something new, right? You know, sometimes they don't. Uh, I, you, know, you and I talk about which we love the twenty years between Sith and uh, a New Hope, but yeah. yeah, it's it's always it's always interesting to me and gets me, like I said, gets me excited, gets me excited, yeah. for what might come.
4: Excited for more storytelling. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jedi. So this is really con- uh, continuing master and apprentice yeah. themes, learning more about the Jedi, um, and there's a lot of stuff in there about the Jedi being too passive. How are you feeling about that? thread in star wars storytelling
1: i think it's i love i just i mean in rereading the phantom menace novel um i'm uh, I'm rereading the it's right before the war the final war and how they're just basically kind of reminding qui-gon like you can't get involved yeah you cannot get involved and then next you know they're about 10 years from now they're going to be generals (laughs) yeah and how much that's a statement for don't get involved um and how even if there's, you know, not saving the slaves on Tatooine or, you know, all those kind of questions that are, you know, the Amidala book uh, deals with. Uh, I think it's a f- – we're getting this fascinating uh, – the fascinating line of uh, of story here where the Jedi – I don't want to say they're, they're to blame. I think uh, it just – it speaks to the and his distrust of large institutions and that's what he's trying to say in the, in the prequels, part of what he's trying to say. I think it gets more and more interesting to me, especially the infighting. <coughs> especially uh, with Yoda who's uh who you know has the the weight of leadership on his shoulders and they're going to make calls and they're going to sometimes get them wrong uh I, again much like the Sith thing I I it's this itch that I love that's getting scratched
4: yeah me too uh, I I love uh, yeah uh Filling out the storytelling that Lucas was doing about institutional sort of corrosion Mm -hmm. in that how well intentioned it is for Jedi to say, let's be very careful that before we get involved, we're not going to make things worse. Mm -hmm. Um, But seeing again and again, moments where they are too passive, like seeing like Sifo Diaz has this reasonable vision that in a very soon time, there's going to be an actual just climactic event, mm-hmm. uh, climate event, and uh, the Jedi maybe could have done more. Uh, and I think asking yourself those questions is, is great about mm-hmm. uh, the theme in Star Wars about when is in action,
1: in action itself. Yeah, the moment that that actually happens, like you'd think the Jedi be like, "All right, maybe maybe we need to add a chapter about yeah, listening in a little closer. <laughs> maybe we can listen to Sifo Dyas yeah. every once in a while. Same with Qui Gon <laughs> and Master Apprentice, like. Like, yeah. oh, this thing you were, it happened. Uh, you know, all right, we'll add, a, we'll add a chapter in the lessons uh, for the young Jedi going forward. it's it, it, But I love, I, it, it's, the Jedi are going to make mistakes too. Yeah. I love that.
4: And it, yeah, it makes Qui-Gun's choice to be like, I'm going to believe my vision. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I love this quote from Yoda about the present because uh, Yoda makes it really explicitly clear that his view is you should focus on the present. And he has this line, the pain of tomorrow, the comfort of yesterday is.
5: hmm
1: Did that uh, line strike you? Um, Not not necessarily (laughs) at the time. I just have to be honest; like, uh, it didn't uh, jump out. But uh, I love a good Yoda quote about anxiety. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And again, not really knowing the right answer here. Yeah, Uh, for Yoda, the wisest of the wise. Right? He's on all the calendars. Um, uh, your question of should should the Jedi have listened to prophecies? Like, I, I. I think the answer's yes with an asterisk. So uh, I am very – I like the idea of what he tells Luke, you know, never your mind on what you're doing, and yeah. I think that's a big life lesson. Uh, Anxiety is fear of the future. Depression's, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the past. And as someone who deals with depression, like, uh, it's easy to get lost in it. So, uh, uh I, I, I keep going back to to Yoda in this role, giving him the best advice that he can at the time.
4: Yeah, if I think the reason. Sense. Yeah, I think the reason that stuck with me is like mm-hmm. it's easy to just gang up on the Jedi and go, they screwed up. They should have listened to the prophecies. And this was such a great thing of like, hey, damn Yoda, that is uh, not only well, Kevin mm-hmm. Scott, yeah. that is a uh, poetically said and I think really, really legitimate good advice. Mm-hmm. And you can, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it heightens the tragedy. You can see the wisdom of being in the present in not being obsessed with making things the way you think they were in the past and mm-hmm. not being obsessed with how you think things are going to go in the future and taking bad actions because you are reacting right. to something that was or something that you think will be. Mm-hmm. And instead being reactive to what is in the moment is really, really great advice. Mm-hmm. But then we also see plot wise that that doesn't always work for the Jedi.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I think that's, that would probably be Yoda's whole point, right? Like that's, uh, acting on uh, on what you think might be coming is gonna is a, uh, takes you down some many possible wrong paths, and the Jedi know that maybe they can't afford to do that. All yeah, time. yeah, yeah.
4: Um, in terms of prophecies, the other one I did want to mention is I did love that Dooku's vision, uh, in the weird uh mm-hmm. being covered up by sentient moss,
5: mm-hmm.
4: um, where he has the vision of the Jedi being conquerors and taking over the Senate. Yes, it's like that was such a great from a certain point of view. Like, he had a vision of, like, if the Jedi actually did manage to overthrow Sidious. Right. So from his view, it's like, ah, they're overstepping. They're taking power. They want power like everybody else. Mm-hmm. They're lying to me. But that, it's such a great one for us as fans to know, like, yeah, that's what would have happened if Revenge of the Sith would have yeah, kind <laughs> kind of, yeah. the way of the light side, the way of, of mm-hmm. good, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if they take out the chancellor, yeah, chancellor Mace Windu.
4: Uh, let's talk about a rail Western drawl Avaros. Let's so do it. We both like this character a lot we in Master and Apprentice, uh, and we got when we were doing our our review, somebody nicely tweeted us and was like, I "Can't wait for you to listen to Dooku Jedi Lost and hear what he really sounds like." And boy, <laughs> did we! <laughs> How you you have often had mixed feelings <laughs> about. Uh, very Earth accents in Star Wars.
1: I have, yeah. Not that they all need to be, you know, proper British or anything yeah. like that. I think I, I like at least when it's uh, creatures that have, uh, you know, a comical Cockney accent. <laughs> Eventually it does work for me. Eventually yeah. you get used to it. Uh, like even with a weird name. Count Dooku is a name I now love that I would have been like, what? Yeah, and even um, now he got the nickname Do. Do, uh, I love that they kind of addressed it. Uh, I came down in the end at, at liking this idea. Uh, uh, I think in my head, well, you, what did you, you said, you said you offer, you, what did you say you thought Ralph sounded like? I, yeah, I think he was going to sound like uh Davos
4: Seaworth. Uh, mm. that's how I read him in master and apprentice, which is, I think a similar, like, mm-hmm. I guess the, the British version of this same sort of, right. Uh,
1: attitude that rail yeah. has, um, it's weird because it now makes sense going back to some of Claudia gray's descriptions of him early on and even the same, I go to the one where he's like you know on Maz Kanata's castle and smoking death sticks and whatnot. yeah um i because uh, i, I trying remember she just she says something about his his accent or his words that it's not as formal and yeah. I'm like, cool that's me um but I went to like some like uh a uh, New York cabbie. <laughs> so i always, i kept reading it not like an, an over exaggerated but just like more uh that so i I was a little taken back at first but then you just kind of you you get to
4: yeah accept it it's really interesting just as a kind of study of language that i think everybody was clear that oh he's kind of like the opposite Mm -hmm. of obi-wan who has the proper accent right uh but what is the what is a non-proper accent everything from (laughs) new york cabbie to western drawl to cockney i really
1: want to know I want to go to his home planet and spend some time there with the locals. (laughs) Yeah, do they all talk like that? Is it like Red Dead Redemption (laughs) 2? Like, what do we got?
4: Yeah, I think it was uh, ultimately, like, I really enjoyed that voice because as as I was getting to the end of this, it's like, this is dark. Yeah. There's there's a lot of fun Star Wars stuff, but it's ultimately pretty dark. And that voice just really did communicate, like, well, life's hard and I'm trying my best. Uh, And there was a nice mood to that. And I think Rail and Qui-Gon are some of the, the points of light in this story.
1: Rail's voice, the choice, in the end, ended, ended up kind of being a warm place to go to. Yeah, so
4: warm. Because <laughs> like he, he, like,
1: he does feel like Sam Elliott sitting down. He does. He's absolutely you telling know? you about the big Lebowski, yes, for sure.
4: The absolutely. big space Lebowski. Yeah. Um, I, another thing that I wanted to ask you about with mm-hmm. Rail is, uh, obviously there was explicit mention in a conversation between him and Dooku about Rail losing his apprentice. Mm-hmm. And I thought it felt... At Place, yeah, obviously that's from Master and Apprentice. Mm-hmm. It felt at Place here because so much of this is about, you know, younglings and their mentors. Yeah. But if you hadn't read Master and Apprentice and you didn't know who this guy is, you, you would make neither heads nor tail of that conversation and why it's there.
1: To the question of which one you should read and listen to, for I, I still think Master and Apprentice. Yeah. But I, I, that's stuff because that's how I did it. I know it's yeah. also the release order. I guess it's not so much for yeah. me the order, but just yeah. it made me reflect
4: on this, mm-hmm. this is pretty dense. There's some Star Wars novels you could be like, hey, have you seen The Force Awakens? Read Phasma. Yes. Or you could say like, hey, are you a fan of the original trilogy? Go go read Bloodline and read a little bit more about Leia and Han's married life. This one really feels like you kind of have to have your head in new canon and be like a pretty big prequel junkie fan.
1: I, and again, uh, as I think I said up top, like I love that choice to just say, here's what we're doing. You catch up or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and if you do, do it right, you can still have, you know, I think you get the idea. He lost an apprentice, but it had a lot more, a lot more weight for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I like, I think you have to, cause we talk about people want more connections and this and that. You just, you can't do this, you know. Avaros can't be mentioned in nine and expect that thousands, <laughs> of thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of fans are going to get it. So I love the choice to just lean into either you know it or you don't. And you get the depth of the moment. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Um, any thoughts on
1: Qui-Gon? Loved it. Loved the read. It sounded, it, it it sounded really, like really young Liam Neeson. It really did to almost a freaky point of view. And I love just getting a a, a better, better picture of Qui-Gon. Yeah. It's so him. Yeah, he I thought, really yeah,
4: I thought he was absolutely great. Yeah. Um, wanted to touch briefly on new characters. Yes. So we met Eula Braylon, uh, and mm-hmm. we met her son, mm-hmm. uh, Arath, mm-hmm. uh, in that uh, convolution there. We can talk about in uh, Lean Costana. So... Yeah, any of these characters really pop for you, and say, "I want to spend more time with them."
1: Uh, the Lean Costana, yeah, uh, which uh, just uh, the the Daltons with the dark side and the, and the and the opening up of that side of things, and then again, study what you're going to fight or know or you know, excited by that. And I uh, had a real big. I uh, went for a walk and missed something moment with Braylon. So <laughs> okay, well, I,
4: I will I will say real <laughs> quick about Lean, and then we can talk about <laughs> the the Braylins. Yeah, uh, I loved. Lean Castana. I feel like she is a character that uh, those of us who are super into the history of the Jedi needed. Somebody who is not obsessed with Sith artifacts, concerned, Mm -hmm. and someone who is not tempted or plagued, but someone who does just truly expose themselves to the dark side. Feel I need to know about this, but I'm not tempted by it. Mm -hmm. I know how to, and obviously she gets into dangerous situations. She puts uh, other young Padawans in in mm-hmm. dangerous situations. So it's not like, yeah, it's all free. But I just love to see a Jedi approaching the dark side without being tempted by it. Because almost all of our, you know, look into the dark
1: side is all car- stories of people who fell. I think it's a great point because it was, because um, there's that moment... Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she's <laughs> the one that kind of plays that little trick on Duku, right? The, the the studying where Duku feels like doesn't he? At one point he, he, he's like, ah, you fell, and it was like a test. Did I miss that completely? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. She, I mean, she she asks him and yeah. tells him to open himself to right. the dark side and and shows him that that mm-hmm. you can do that and you can still come back. So I mean, she's definitely doing dangerous things, right? But just she as a character, yeah, doesn't. Is, there there's nothing in this that's about her being tempted or falling or right or doing dark side things on the side. It's about Dooku. That,
1: that's what I loved in that moment. Because as I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, oh, we got a secret. Oh, we got a, like a Sith mole here. Yeah. In the and the fact that it wasn't was even more interesting to me. Yeah. And it would make sense. It's like having a master of, uh, you know, dark arts. You got to learn some of this stuff. And the idea that a Jedi can be strong enough to, to not fall. Yeah, it's interesting to me.
4: Yeah, and I think she has that like direct line of like, yeah, we shouldn't embrace it, mm-hmm. but we have to acknowledge it's there. Mm-hmm. And that to me, just that one line is a is a big storytelling thing that happens in the prequels of mm-hmm. like a, a part of Anakin's fall and a part of the hubris of the Jedi of like, well, maybe Yoda should have acknowledged how difficult it is to just say, mm-hmm. oh, if your friend's going to die, mourn them, do not miss them, do not. Like, mm-hmm. it comes from a pure place, but it's not easy. And and to have somebody like Lean go like. Yeah, you, you probably feel really angry, and, and it's you're you're exposed to the dark side. So let's deal with it.
1: I yeah, um, two things come to mind. Uh, you know, one in story, one just real world. i when listening to your talk here, Palpatine when he says not from a Jedi, uh, that loses a lot of power. If Anakin's already got some of these lessons, yeah, you know? uh, which you know I'm glad. I guess they, they glad it went the way they did because I love yeah. that scene. I love this. <laughs> uh, and then just like uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, dealing with the pressure or something in my real life or when I talk to people, like sometimes I've said, no, it's so oak- wallowing. It. You need to spend a day dealing with it and not be so afraid of this monster yeah. because then you can maybe better conquer the monster instead yeah. of always push. Some days, yes, you need to think happy thoughts and go outside. Some days I would want to deal with it because let's, Let's, let's deal with it and come back from it and yeah. know that I can. And I think that's interesting and powerful for Jedi yeah. and Sith. And she's a, yeah.
4: Well-performed, well-written character to represent yes. some of that stuff. Uh, so yep. Eula Braylon, yeah, yeah. the, the, the uptight, mean uh, Hogwarts <laughs> slash Jedi teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I say that lovingly. Um, and then yeah. Arath is the, the sort of little, uh, little jerk. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. In the clan with the Dooku and Sifo-Dyas, and then we learn eventually that Eula, in her role as a seeker, mm-hmm. who is out there, which is another thing that we continues from Master and Apprentice, the idea of seekers, which I love. Yeah, yeah, uh, comes back with a kid mm. and retires from being a seeker, and eventually it's found out that it's her kid.
1: Yeah, apparently, <laughs> I, I just I, I want to be honest with fans because um, I'm doing my research after I apparently missed that reveal. And I'm being honest with because it because, again, user her air. Yeah. Uh, this is a lesson that you need to pay attention to some of these things. Uh, I, I feel foolish. Uh, I know the character because uh, I love the character of Wrath. Yeah. I love the the Academy bully. I love uh, this is Cobra Kai. This is all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Eula uh, and, and Braylon. Malfoy, yeah. But yeah, Eula Braylon is working. She's, you know, the pre-Jocasta new, and it's this form of Jedi punishment. You know, it seems like, oh, uh, you did something bad, you got to go work the archives. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. Um, and I I was going over notes afterwards and uh and was like oh my, I think <laughs> I skipped a chapter. Yeah, I, and I got to be honest. And so it's a warning to those if you're about to take, make sure you get it all and 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 concentrate. Yeah, concentrate. This isn't a pop <laughs> song in the background. And I'm I have to be honest. Yeah. It because it also makes more sense.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the, the, there's the the path of discovery is that Aerith is is mm-hmm. run, running up gambling debts and right. somebody is covering for him. Yes. and they discover that it is the the person who lectures everybody else, you, mm-hmm. Braylon, because mm-hmm. it's her son. So it's just one of the, one of the many kind of mini stories mm-hmm. in this about parents and children and mentors. Yeah, but again, such a big. You know, a uh, uh, continuation of the prequel era in Jedi storytelling of like why Qui-Gon just asks, who is the father? Yes. Well, because he knows stuff like this has happened, too,
1: it, where Jedi do uh, have romantic dalliances. They do. And and we talk in Rail uh, and, and, and Master Apprentice talking about Jedi getting laid and yeah. implies that he had <laughs> very lightly implies. If you want to take it that way. Yeah.
4: That he had a fling with one of the queens of Naboo. Yes, yes. <laughs> In this, oh, In this.
1: give give my regards to Queen EK. EK, uh, named after EK. We spent some time together. <laughs> oh boy, it makes it. I mean, sir, so I'll probably go back and listen to it, listen to it because there actually was a day I was like, because there's thirty chapters and I just go to my Google Drive and bring one up. Okay. and go for a walk. I actually, I do think maybe I missed it, but I, 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 I probably am just dumb. But no, I, it adds. Uh, it, it, it makes uh, the idea of a Harry Potter-like Star Wars story even more interesting if this kind of stuff can pop up and the fallacy and the mistakes of some of the Jedi because they're human. And I like that Rel uh, is a uh, uh, you know, hey, as long as I don't get attached kind of guy to yeah. the ladies or whatever or the aliens and whatever he wants. Uh, I liked it a lot. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, we grow up thinking Jedi are the perfect saints and knights of the galaxy, and uh, I love the f- the layers of oops yeah. in some of the stories. Yeah, in, some of the in the stories.
4: that that picture, that uh, rigidity mm-hmm. is not always a great yeah. answer. And the Jedi allegedly believe in being flowing, but there's a lot of real rigid Jedi. Yeah. She was one of them, and turns out she yes. made a very organic mistake. Yes, yes. <laughs> that she needed to embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so uh, want to talk a little bit about themes. I felt like there was a big theme about sympathy and empathy and who do we care about and why. Mm. Because obviously Dooku uh, had this big connection with his sister. Mm-hmm. But then he also seemed to have a connection with his just place of birth, a natural connection to it, but also mm. sort of allegiance to the Jedi.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and the, the whole thing, the whole story we end up learning is Dooku wanting Assaj. To know these things for a reason—is it mm. sympathy? Is it empathy? Uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. But mm. did did that strike you? Uh, the the idea of why do we care about who we care about?
1: It it made it seem very important for uh, these mythical characters that might quote fall and why they fall. I it made a lot of sense that to me, Dooku didn't just have a connection to. His his planet. He had a he had this like you're saying a sympathy for what was going on. There. there was problems going on there. They needed a leader. All these kind of things. And 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 uh, I don't exactly know. This is what I love about the Dooku character. I, I is it just because he wanted the power of taking over for his father, or did he really feel so the 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 Republic and the Jedi were turning their back on his planet? There's, uh, there's stuff at the end with him there. Uh, as far as why he, he wants uh, Asajj know, Maybe, maybe it's like look at the rigid Jedi and come over here to the <laughs> f- side that that feels it all. Yeah. And we're the good guys. Point of view. Point of view. The, the villains are the good guys in their own story, blah, blah, blah. All those things we know about. Um a, a, a Dooku now might be my f- I love palpatine. Um might be one of my favorite. Sith characters because it's more real to me. Yeah, he has these emotions into it. It's yeah, not just it's not all power. He's definitely about power. But yeah. where does that drive come from? Yeah, and then I think it's it's
4: all echoed with Asajj, you know, wondering if Kyneric is real or yeah. if it's uh, if he truly did treat her well or if he was just another uh, captor mm-hmm. in a way and if he was representing himself in the Jedi truthfully or not. All all that is was great, rich thematic mm-hmm. stuff to me. Uh, I have down here about talking about the Jedi suppressing emotions, but we've, we've covered that a a bit. So uh, I want to go on to nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's like the, to me, like the biggest idea running through this Mm -hmm. of, are we shaped by our mentors, our own experiences, our choices, um, our heritage, like in a larger sense, the way Dooku Mm -hmm. is shaped by his heritage and past and how much of this can just be truly, our own choices.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, it's pretty powerful. Uh, even when you apply it to, to real life, like um, points of view and uh, where you come from. I, I often go back to that and that's my core. And then I think it's important to make sure you take stock yourself and learn new things and, and maybe look at things from different point of views and other points of view. And I think that's maybe what the Jedi might do better than the Sith. And the Sith kind of doubled down on what they, on my feelings. <laughs> um, so, the relationship between master and apprentice. I mean, this is so, so just falls in line with Claudia Gray's story there, too. That uh, seeing how you're often affected and seeing the problems, seeing Qui Gon and Obi Wan struggle and, and uh, see Yoda and, and uh, Dooku struggle. And I'm really fascinated by that stuff. I, I don't have the big answer because I'm still learning myself in life <laughs> to go back. But how much. Um, how much it would have been different if if Dooku never found out his family connection, all those things. Yeah, I mean, does that mean the Jedi are right for pulling you out at six months, or does it mean they're wrong?
4: I yeah, yeah, and there, I mean there's certainly a lot to to um, to consider with that whole Jedi mm-hmm. question. And this does a you know it's brought mm-hmm. up in Master and Apprentice of like, oh well, you know, Qui Gon's realization that he gets to choose at a certain age, even though he didn't get to choose when he was an infant and came there, all that right. kind of stuff. Um, And obviously in the real world, there's a ton of studies about nature versus nurture and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But the way it was presented in this story, just as a story, I really loved that when we met Dooku, he was already regal. Mm. And he didn't have any idea that he was Mm -hmm. regal and that that's something that was natural to him, that he wanted to stand up straight and be the best and be the finest and have command And have presence. Uh, And then he goes and finds out, like, oh, this part of who you are, the way you've always been, what you get teased for, maybe there's a reason for that. Mm. Maybe you actually have that, you know, for a reason, and maybe you belong somewhere. Mm -hmm. I thought that, uh, in particular, was really, really fascinating. Um, And for a book called Jedi Lost, Mm -hmm. I think I went into it, I think a lot of us went into it, saying, this is a book about how Dooku falls to the dark side. Mm. and it deals with that, but this is a book about how Dooku leaves the Jedi Order. Yes. It is not about his actual permanent fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he dabbles, <laughs> yeah. does uh, some killing, and at the end he kills, but that's after the hooded man has got to him, Yes, uh, as his sister says. Um, mm-hmm. But for a book uh, uh, that's about this, I thought it was really interesting to see
1: that he didn't give in to the dark side. He sort of gave in to his heritage. Right. Uh, which made this infinitely more interesting than I could even have guessed. Yeah. This isn't uh, Darth Tyrannus. This is the, the the lost, as they called him now, the lost 20. This is about, with, with only one of those 19 going to the dark side, I believe. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, and some being shifty, like shifty. I think they mes-
4: mentioned Master Trannis that they didn't yeah. know the story of, which I I made a note
1: of because like, oh,
4: this is going to come up later in the book. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Uh, and some are just like,
1: nah, they they resigned. <laughs> yeah, they resigned. They, they would, and uh, some disappeared. We'll never yes. know. Yes, which I want the sequel, Duku. Uh, you know, Duku the fall, whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, Dooku, yeah. Dooku the
4: turn, Duku the fall, Duku the turn. Um, so. We've talked around it, but I want to talk about that conclusion. Mm -hmm. So uh, we discover that Dooku has asked Asaj, or not asked, has set up Asaj to listen to this and think it's her own choice. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: But he wants her to know his past with the Jedi and his decisions and wants Asaj to kill his sister. Mm -hmm. A lot of this has, a lot of the story has been about Dooku resenting the Jedi for keeping him from that connection with his sister. Mm. And that's familiar Anakin attachment story, but kind of turned on his he- on its head, because he wants Asaj to see that he will kill that attachment, and in mm. fact wants Asajj to commit to being his servant by killing his sister. Mm-hmm. And then a great great delivery uh, from Orla Cassidy, talking about making her choice, and the last line saying, "I am free" after she has murdered Dooku's sister. Mm-hmm. So what what mm. did that how did that land with you? What did
1: you feel like your interpretation of the end was? I, knowing where she goes, knowing that she's she's fully uh, feels betrayed and 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 her back turned once again. But it's Duku in the end. So that's what happens to her later on. Uh, I I thought it was pretty powerful because I think I think I think he gave her this idea that she's free. And it's all part of his trap. It's all part of what he would want, um, and so she buys into it completely. And uh, I, I think it's a it's a a lesson. Is it? I I believe she believes it. She believes it. Yeah, she believes it. But it's wrong, <laughs> and she doesn't know it. Uh, and it is a, a a powerful lesson. So I just know where she goes, and. Uh, what a wonderful character that Isaj Ventress is! Um, I think it, it's the first time for me that Dooku is is so diabolical uh, that she's she's. Uh, I feel sorry for her. Yeah, I feel sorry for her.
4: I love Dooku yeah. in the Clone Wars animated series, and we yeah. do get some peeks into Dooku and some fun moments, but there's a lot of Dooku going like, "I'm gonna pull this string to get yes. this experimental tank on this planet," and he's a master strategist. But this mm-hmm. gets into something more visceral and real and emotional.
1: Yeah. Um she has uh, she of course she's going to think she's free. You know, she thought she you know, she wasn't raised on the on a even in, under the Jedi system. She was raised yeah. by this rogue you know, Kai who uh, I should have taken you back to the planet. Yeah. It's all twisted. She has no home. She yeah. has no home. She never had a home until she goes back to the Night Sisters. Yeah.
4: And even then, has some ups and downs. Has some ups and yeah. downs, and is once again
1: betrayed and left alone. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it,
4: the end really, really made me appreciate uh, the ultimate com- complexity mm-hmm. of this storytelling of not only these characters, but kind of the larger idea of the Jedi and the Sith. And I feel like on a practical level, you know, Asajj is, is wrestling with this uh, specter of Kyneric, who is ultimately like calling her back to the good side. Yeah, isn't real that turns out to not be any sort of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I invented a new force technique, which is mind haunt uh, or anything like that. It's truly her, her trying to pull herself back to the possibility of light. Right. And I think Dooku really successfully kills that by saying, well, you have this fantasy of what it could have been if you were a proper Jedi. Mm -hmm. If Kai took you to the temple, well, just look at all the rigidity and denial in everything that I went through. Like, I think he's just on a real practical level saying I'm going to remove this fantasy Mm-hmm. that there's anything good about the jedi or your life there. And then I think there's this really dark complex mm-hmm. uh upsetting but well done idea of she has had all these different masters. Yes. She's kidnapped. He's killed. Mm-hmm. Kai is maybe brutally kills that guy, but is her good master, but then he's killed and she's owned by this slave owner and then Dooku frees her. Mm -hmm. So I think Dooku sees, like, well, you've had this string of masters. Mm. You want freedom. And he tries to present her that, the idea of the only freedom you can have is to choose to submit, to make the personal choice to submit, not only to the dark side and the, the freedom of just lashing out and killing, but also Dooku, like, I could... I could torture you. I could. I can control you. I'm more powerful than you. But I want you to choose. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what's so beautiful and horrible and dark about that. Of her final line: of I'm, I made the choice, and I am free
1: because I chose to submit to the dark side. I chose to be a pawn. It's it's the counter to Qui Gon finally choosing to be like, oh no, I'm on this path. Yeah, because I was kidnapped. at one month or whatever, because know. I choose the light. I choose the light. Yeah, uh, that's 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 why it's, it's it's this false notion for her, and he, and he, he plays it so well. Uh, everything that you're saying there, she doesn't feel she's ever had a home, been been betrayed, been alone, and and maybe him saying you don't need that, find yourself like I did. It's almost like you know he found himself. Yeah, he's like ah, you can do it too uh, by making this choice. Yeah, it's a, it's another false. <laughs> It's, I, I, it's such a tragic character. I feel yeah. for I feel for
4: her. Yeah, and then knowing the larger Star Wars story, yeah. you know that. Like, yeah. Well, in, in this story, it seems like Dooku is like, ah, I've unleashed my true self, and I right. have this power now. But then we, of course, know, like, no, you are Sidious's puppet, and he's right. going to arrange to have your head cut off eventually. Yes. And you are not any more powerful than you were when you were a Jedi, or perhaps even less because yes. you imprisoned yourself in this sort of cycle of... of Pain and torture—that is the dark side,
1: played gratefully by Christopher Lee in that final moment. (laughs) That's one of my favorite. Oh, oh,
4: oh! oh." So it it turns out, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ups Mm. or downs or anything with the story—I think it's worth it for Mm -hmm. how complex and fascinating that that end is.
1: Yeah, and Um, I want—it makes me want a lot more with Asajj too. Yeah, it made me want to just go start
4: uh, rereading *Dark Disciple*, where she is a little bit more in her own own freedom and makes those kind of choices. Um, you mentioned this, but this is my, one of my final questions, thoughts, is I was a little surprised that there were such huge dangling threads. When it was mm. sifo Deus at the beginning, I kind of thought we were going to get into exactly what visions drove him right. to crafting or to ordering the clone mm-hmm. army. Um, we get a reference to the hooded Genza, Dooku's sister says, you're different since mm. the hooded man has been whispering to you. Yeah. But we don't get his full
1: fall to the dark side. Yeah. and I love, I love the moment when he runs into Palpatine. Oh, yeah, yeah and yeah, it yeah. is just like, oh. um yeah. Dooku's Duke, Duke trying to get involved in politics a little bit, speaking for the, his planet. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he's from Naboo. He doesn't have that much power. Yeah, like, yeah, anyway. Love that.
4: Uh, do you want a sequel? Do you feel like this is setting up for Dooku Sith found instead of do- Dooku
1: Jedi lost? 100%, 100%. Uh, the fact that uh, that you, you, especially towards the end when it becomes apparent that, oh, we're not even, you know, again, that scene where Palpatine's just this, cameo almost yeah hey he's coming through more later stay tuned i i really hope i really hope this was a perceived success creatively more than just business-wise for uh um the publishers and and lucasfilm because it really uh you were able to Dive into these deeper themes, uh, yeah, and and give you more, and 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 not be that check box that you you talked about earlier, yeah. I don't feel as though I have all those answers,
4: yeah. And I appreciate those little canon moments mm-hmm. uh, totally. as well. So please do keep checking those boxes, but yeah, I would love. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd love to find, uh, you know, even if it is a, a shorter or smaller story, that that last mm-hmm. step of of him truly falling to the
1: dark side. Because with Dooku, it's 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 not a it's not simple of just like, oh yeah, you are right. I hate the Jedi put on this robe, you know? Yeah. He thinks
4: it's in, yeah. Yeah. And why he, how much, it would be great to get inside his head and see like, how much am I willingly submitting to Sidious or how much I'm like, Mm -hmm. I know I have to let him be my master for now, but I always have these machinations for how I'm going to undo it. You know, that would be really interesting. I
1: I think so. I think, I think that's it. And that's why he was (laughs) so duped in the end. So duped, duped out of a head. Yeah. I think he would have destroyed the Sith to give the opportunity, not for the good side, just to, a big power move,
4: just more power moves. Yeah, well, yeah. big complex thing. We could talk a lot more about it, but we already mm. did talk a lot. So, I yeah. want to close with this final question: Do you have hopes for another uh, audio drama, full cast uh,
1: book like this? I really, I really do. I'll be even more ready for it. Um, I mean, I joke, I'm taking shots at myself, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do a lot of these audio books, but i i like I like having we talk about. Solo, should it have been a TV series or solo two? Should it be different? And I always go to yeah, because there's less pressure on them. Um, this answered a lot of questions, it, it got deep and it just was this nice little corner. Mm-hmm. Do I wish more people knew about it and everything? Yeah. And I hope if you, if you uh, like this, spread the word of, of Duke of Jedi Lost because it, it's an interesting storytelling um, device and storytelling method that I, I hope I see a lot more of.
5: Yeah,
4: cool. Yeah. Any yeah. particular stories or eras that you're excited for?
1: Um, it's funny I was going to go to the you know I think Cassian Andor series is going to take care of a lot of things I want <laughs> I think going into uh, more Old Republic or more of those uh, the time period between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones a lot of the bigger themes the Jedi stuff yeah it, it might make sense for me the other stuff might be too visual X-Wings fighting TIE Fighters yeah Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I this gives me hope
4: for, you know, someday. Uh, it's interesting that we had this in our news uh section about is Mark Hamill done with Star Wars? Yeah. It would be great to have some Luke Skywalker adventures cuz Mark Hamill is such a great uh voiceover artist, uh mm-hmm. voice actor. Uh and if this took off to see some of those just Luke in his Jedi Prime. We tell the talk- days of the school, maybe maybe Ben's yeah. Fall. That would be amazing to see in audio form.
1: We talk often about him and Lor Tekka going around the galaxy. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It would work. It would work. Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, it's still available. If you've uh, listened to this whole thing and you haven't listened yet, well, you know a lot of what's coming. Just <laughs> check it out. Yeah. Uh, try it out on us on uh, audiblechild.com slash Force Center. Uh, thank you for bringing us through that, Joseph. Absolutely. Uh, this was, uh, was as long... This is one of our favorite characters. And I think uh, to finally get this much on him was fun
4: a very early episode where a fan asked what mm-hmm. uh, if you could ask Lucasfilm to write a book mm-hmm. one of my suggestions was Dooku so we could hear a lot of this stuff <laughs> yep. and I we got about uh, a good half to three quarters of it in here so yeah uh, a a wish finally granted,
1: finally granted. That's rare in life. We're going to go to audience questions. We like taking questions from you out there. Uh, we got Corey Donaldson. Sometimes I'll imagine one of my favorite songs, "Burning Inside" by Ministry, playing in the background. Is the first Jedi TIE fighter squadron? Uh, uh, pursue, it's the first order TIE fighter squadron. Pursue the Millennium Falcon to the desert junkyard of Jakku. Are there any rock songs that you imagine playing <laughs> in the background of your favorite Star Wars action scenes? What do you have? Yeah, uh, I, my my simple answer is no, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: to me, they are like two great tastes that I don't yes. don't go great together for myself, person. And, mm-hmm. and rock has made its way into Star Wars. There's like that one scene in Rebels where I think uh, um, Zeb is rocking out to some space radio, and yep. it's kind of rock, um, and that that's fine, that's cool. The thing that this, uh, did make me think of, which I do love, there's an obscure Canadian. Lovecraft HP Lovecraft band mm. called Darkest of the Hillside Thickets. Wow. One of their uh songs called Shoggoth's Away, Shoggoth's Surrey, Lovecraft mm. Monster. Uh very Lovecraftian uh lyrics, mm. but they just they sample the hell out of a new hope. Mm. it's uh, mm. the TIE Fighter uh fight when they're escaping the Death Star, uh Vlea shouting out that they're, they're yeah. coming they're coming in and they and there's one thing where like the downbeat is right on they came from behind <laughs> uh and that's that's my favorite uh mashup of uh rock and star wars yeah. so if you want to check that out you can go to iTunes Dark as the Hillside
1: thickets. the song Shagath's Away some great Star Wars rock and roll mashup <laughs> as far as i mean i mean gosh grab anything from uh Tony Thaxton Cloud City soundtrack <laughs> yeah. pop it in there um there's a, a friend of uh, friend of the show Rillian. uh uh, Jared has, has a song, a couple songs referencing Star Wars and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I love the rock parodies, but yeah. like rock inside but Star inside Wars. Inside Star Wars. You know what? I don't have an answer, Corey, even though I'm a I'm a rock fan myself, much like Joseph. I, I'll i find a way to get uh, The Replacements, Bastards of Young, into <laughs> Solo,
4: a Star Wars story. Oh, that's a good one. I that's think that a, would yeah, work. Yeah, if there's going to be a rock song, Solo yeah. is a good place for it.
1: Joshua Thorne writes... the. Point of view, C-3PO shot in The Phantom Menace sort of become like the Attack of the Clones pan-up for me. I keep looking for it in every, uh, ev- every movie since. So if we get a POV shot in Episode 9, who would you like it to be from? He's referencing uh, the, the great, uh, suddenly out of nowhere, we got C-3PO looking down on Anakin.
4: <laughs> yeah, when Anakin is dismissing him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. make sure Mom doesn't sell you.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the attack, I love some of the pan ups and the zooms, quick yeah. zooms and stuff in Attack technical the Clones. What do you got for episode nine? Who who do you want to see through the eyes of? Uh,
4: see three PO, like why not? Uh, why well, not have little bookends? Uh, mm. I think the reason that shot is successful is because it puts you emotionally in three PO's place. He's awkward. He's yeah, nude, yeah. and then his his the maker is just saying bye bye. I don't care. <laughs> And it sets 3PO on his journey. Got a little bit of interesting Lucas always saying that 3PO and R2 were kind of the ones seeing and telling the whole story. So to actually see through his eyes, I I imagine a couple different scenarios like Mm. of seeing 3PO just really take in a battle and like really see it all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we haven't before. Like The the one in Phantom Menace is for, I think, comic effect and yeah, a little yeah. bit of sad comedy. Sad comedy. <laughs> pathos. Yeah, yep. but it'd be great for 3PO to just really take everything in and, and truly see everything as it actually is and then maybe respond in an interesting way.
1: I, I love that answer. I was going to say R2. Oh, um, that would be great too. But almost for like... Um, Bad comedy effect of like the last shot of the movies, <laughs> him, and it's him just collecting all nine of these stories, <laughs> uh, putting them in a little vault. Uh, Being yeah. very where again, as we're reading that Phantom Menace novel, and, and it come to the uh, Padme bound before Boss Nass, and there's a line about R two new first. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, so R two sees everything. So seeing, knows it through, all. seeing it through his point of view. Thank you, Joshua Corey. Uh, we go to Patreon where we get take questions every show. David Brindle says, "What did the Tuskins exactly do to Schme?' I don't know how to answer
4: this one. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a hard one. Um, yeah. But the answer this is the only thing I re- actually actively yep. remember from the Attack of the Clones novel, which right. I have not read since 2002. Yeah, they specify in that novel that the Tusken Raiders are doing brutal experiments on humans to see their endurance levels. Oh, so is it just wow. sort of like we're gonna give we're gonna expose her to the elements? We're gonna you know mm. uh, uh, hit her. Yeah, uh, it's a hard thing to even say out loud. Yeah, um, and see, you know how long we won't feed her. We'll see how long she'll last. Yeah, um, so that that's what's offered in the novel. Mm-hmm. I would also, for myself, throw out. There's been so many great things, particularly in the prequel era in the novels, uh, where the opportunity is taken in modern canon to contextualize things mm-hmm. like seeing that all of our main characters really were affected by seeing slavery on Tatooine and want to do something about right. it and knowing that that's true
5: mm-hmm.
4: uh, is a great example I think this is really a scene where it, it works for Anakin's story
5: mm-hmm.
4: but for Shmi's story for the sort of uh, anthropology of Tatooine and the Tusken Raiders I'd love to see a, a, a good writer tackle tackle him. giving it some some context even if it's Obviously, what happens is awful. It's always going to be awful. Yeah, it's going to be but awful. But giving it a little bit more context other than just uh, nomadic people uh, tied her up in, mm-hmm. tortured her for no reason.
1: Yeah. Uh, I totally forgot about I think I think the tactical clones might be in the next novel. <laughs> I have to go back <laughs> and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. David, uh, good question. I agree, uh, Joseph, that uh, uh, having a little more context would be not interesting because I'm not dying to know the details of what happened to poor Sh- Shmi. But it isn't just uh, a little plot point in the road that'd be something maybe yeah. more. Uh, Liam Toms, uh, as uh, this thought here, have you been pleasantly surprised by any of the storytelling in canon that you didn't expect to like but did? I went into the Canto Byte collection of short stories with fairly low expectations and actually really enjoyed the book. Thanks for all the fantastic deep dive conversations on the main show. It's the highlight of my Tuesday every Week, uh, each week. Uh, Liam, uh, thanks for that, uh, number one. Yeah. yeah, surprise there. We pretty much read all of them. I haven't read the Canto Bite ones. Yeah. And then the first Twilight one with uh, Twilight Bad, uh, Compa- Bad Company. That was one <laughs> of my favorite video games. Um, the Twilight Company uh, uh, one there um, from Alexander. Freed Uh I don't I'm trying to think of an answer. What what do you got? Uh yeah, the Cantabite book was more enjoyable
4: than I expected. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest one is Rebel Rising. I just picked it up because yeah. I was being kind of a completist and I honestly thought like I read Catalyst, I saw Rogue One, I get who Jin is, I get who Gerrera is, yeah. I get what time in the galaxy it is, and then I was just blown away and it remains one of my favorite novels because it's just so Deeply human. It fleshes mm. uh, Jin UrsO out so much. It fleshes Sagrera out. It fleshes that time in the galaxy out, in ways that are just really makes you real and it makes you feel like, what would it truly be like to lose your family, not mm. know if your father is a traitor or not, be raised only to be a warrior and nothing else, be abandoned. Mm-hmm. Every attempt you make to have human, true human contact is denied. It just does such a great job of making you feel the character, and I didn't expect that. I expected repetition.
1: That's a great answer. I, I that's a great answer because exactly exactly what the book does. In the same vein, not to repeat your answer, and I'll have to say the Rogue One novel because I, I oh yeah because same thing. Like uh, novels, novelizations are are often good. Like I love Jason Fry's uh, The Alan Dean Foster One of Force Awakens wasn't uh, uh, my favorite. Um, it's a journey. It's a journey. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, Rogue One, like okay, and then I have some of my favorite scenes uh, in the movie uh, just improved to yeah. have revelations, and it just flows so well. It, it's one I recommend to a lot of people. So I think I'll have to, I'll have to do that. I think it's a good one too. Though. I enjoyed yeah. that one way more than I expected. Right, to. right. Great question, Lee. Maybe think, maybe think. I, I, I still, I could probably answer some other ones if I thought about it. There, Phasma half. I'll tell you what, Phasma was a journey because halfway through, I thought about not finishing it. Yeah. I was like, what? I still, I'm not on board. And then ended up being a very rewarding yeah. uh, novel. So, uh, thank you, Liam, David, Joshua, Corey. Uh, we'll tell you where to get uh, get to us for questions here in a bit. Power of the Light Side will return shortly, Joseph.
4: Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you are a patron, uh, you can check your inboxes, and we would love to get your thoughts on what you love in Star Wars so we can share them on the show.
1: And if you have a question for us, you want to join the conversation about this, you can follow us on Twitter at center Pod, Use the hashtag Forth Center. Like us on Facebook. Our website is Net. From there, you can link to our merch at tpublic.com user slash center. Tweet us pics of your merch like those Speculate Responsibly t-shirts, and we'll reshare them. Podcasts available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. We're also on YouTube. I can confirm the, the in-memoriums are being worked on. We're, we're going to be exclusive to YouTube for those in Talk to Kev Smets who works on them with me. Those are coming. And then we also have the animated databank brawl in there from Brian Ward. Two of our questions today came from Patreon. And, Joseph, they can go there and support us.
4: That's right. It is patreon.com slash Center. Uh, we've got some new goals up there that we had in the last couple months. And we're getting close to uh, new music for Star Wars Ranked. So yeah. if you want to help us out with that and just help us out, uh, keep going in general, patreon.com slash
1: Center. Absolutely. We have our own stuff that we do. You can uh, be sure to go to uh, look at uh, Jennifer Landis' work. At YouTube, even though she's not here. And we're going to be re- re- replaying, rehighlighting some of the Happy Beeps episodes while she's out. Uh, some of you might not have a chance to check those out. Check out her work, and then we got our own stuff, Joseph.
4: Yeah, that is right. Uh, I am going to be at a convention in Minneapolis called Convergence. I'm going to be doing a big uh, stand-up show on the main stage, and I'm going to do an episode of, a live episode of Star Wars Counseling. So if you were there at Convergence, please, uh, and you're a listener of Force Center, come to some of those shows, come find me. Information on all that is on my website website at com under the live shows page. And then uh, I realize that I just say every week you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram mm. at josephscrimshaw. But I have a special shout out mm. that I got a, a couple potential projects uh, mm. in the world that we live in these days. The amount of followers you have makes a difference. So if you do, if you are a regular listener to Force Center and you are on Twitter or Instagram and you want to follow me, it actively helps me. It's a very weird and mm-hmm. uh might i say dumb world mm-hmm. <laughs> we live in uh but that is really a question that comes up uh is hollywood adjusts to all of the new realities of the world we live in mm-hmm. uh, the follower count matters so if, if you like the show if you uh like my deep thoughts if you want to hear some dumb jokes about star wars uh go check me out on twitter and instagram
1: Please do that, folks. He ain't lying. We've all been in those meetings where yeah. someone goes, well, how many followers do they have? Yeah. Not how good, how talented. <laughs> hey, but it is what it is. Follow Joseph. Uh, and Get with, the, get with all the adventures. Go see them live. See those live shows. A lot of fun. You can follow me at Ken um, That is Instagram too as well. And uh, go to kidnapsack.com for details on all my project shows, uh, where to purchase uh, my book, exclusive posters, and hopefully information on live, uh, live shows soon. When you don't have hotels to places where you're supposed to go, you can't commit <laughs> to the live shows. Stay tuned for that. Uh, more coming. This was a deep dive into Dooku Jedi Lost. We hope you enjoyed it that was Force Center.